This is a Scale with Sales podcast. Today's podcast is an excerpt from the interactive seminar, How to Write a Good Business Book. I usually start with what I call the, the manifesto. So what I put out here in this case is the accelerator manifesto. I call it like forward momentum is everything. Output is learning. All learning is interactive. A participant will have to sink or swim. Know the goals of the participants. Know the goals of who the ones who are paying. Maximum value and time. Expectation of fragile consistency is key. Create a competitive but caring environment. Keep your fingers on the pulse. Make connections happen. Lastly, develop a feedback addiction to improve the program. You, What we got to come from here when we write the book is a perspective of teaching, or I would even go so far to call it empowering. Like if you're teaching, I'm, I'm telling you how to do it. People don't want to read that. People want to learn how to do something like almost you could almost the type of books that we're talking business books here this type of books is more like a do-it-yourself type of book that's the type of book that people would recommend that's the people who say yeah you should actually it's like a tool you should check this book out it really helps when you write this this manifesto that i call it i usually start with that what are the principles that that i just think this is what makes success in the in the thing i'm trying to talk about this is what success to me. Like if you do all this, if you do this kind of general things, it's going to work. And I think I started with, I did 10 and then I wait, you know, then I was working on the, some other stuff. Then I came up with some more, I had like 15. And then eventually I went, I, I had to take some away because 12 is like your max. I would write this first. What is it that makes my perspective unique and interesting that, or like, it doesn't have to be unique. Like that gives you pressure too high. Then you get this insecurity problem. It's more like, it's just, if it makes sense to you, write it out. Almost per definition, your first book is not going to be very good. Uh, there's a guy called um, Daniel Priestley. They've written a couple of books. One book is called Key Person of Influence. And one of the tips in the book, he's saying to write books. And then he has done a later book called Oversubscribed. And the difference between both books is so vast, I almost don't want you to read Key Person's Influence because Oversubscribed is properly written. Uh, it, it covers kind of a little bit similar topics. Key Person of Influence co covers a little bit different things, but like he didn't know how to write a book. Okay, yeah, what are we going to use the book for anyway? That's another thing with motivation. So for me, I found that there are two things that I, I really care about. One is I want to structure my own thoughts. Because I have a lot of things going on in my head. I have found a method that I like. I have found a thing that I like. I kind of, I want to get it. Like, I just want to get it like in a format where like, I got this down. It's like, it fits. It's this little concept. I got the concept, but this is my concept. This is what I'm working on. This is how it works. And writing that down gives a tremendous feeling of, of accomplishment. It's just released. That I, I got it out to the world. I'll be, I'm done my contribution. And I myself now, you could practically ask me anything about an accelerator process, the way I like to do accelerators. It's in here. Now, now I can quote it from my own head much faster because I wrote it. So, yeah, so one is to structure my own thoughts, create this little nice package around them for me to talk and for others I can recommend so I don't have to say, say the whole same thing all the time. I could actually say, like, read a book, it's in there. So that's that's one thing. And the second thing is, is more like from a business perspective that you can position yourself. That if the comparison, if like, let's say you want to have a person speaking in a certain uh, conference, say, do you take the person with, with the book or without the book? Like, otherwise, everything equal. Take the book guy. And also, if you get an opportunity to speak, you can even use your book and like, wait, what am I going to talk? You can like, look, what did I say? Oh, yeah, that's, that's the way I want to say. So it actually works as reference for you when you want to talk. But also, if you want to be good at something, 
you can start writing the book about that. You say, I feel like I know like 60% about this topic. Like I'm quite confident on some areas, but on other areas I'm not. As you're starting to write, you realize, hmm, I need to kind of research this a little bit more, that this part I didn't really know. And then so your own knowledge grows. That That's part of the structuring of your own knowledge in, in this book. Well, And then, yeah, and then you can position yourself. So when you position yourself, for example, when I started, I want to be like the accelerator guy. And so I wrote this book. But then when I wrote it and my life has changed, I don't think I want to be the accelerator guy anymore. I have changed my my angle of life. So I am also writing another book. Now it's about content creation that I'm more interested in at the moment. So that's why I'm writing the book about that. This question is, do you have a recommendation how long the first book should be? I mean, 50, 50 pages on a like an A4, 50 pages is, is good enough. And the thing is, you'll get there. What will happen, what happens with Werner? You're like, you, you'll end up writing and writing and writing because you, you're you interested in this topic. You know, you're part of this. You know what you're talking about. Then you do a little research. Maybe you write some more. It's going to be an opposite problem. And, and the thing is, you don't want it to be any longer than it has to be. You want to convey your message in as few pages as possible, as little text as possible. And you will end up having maybe but you know, but fifty A four pages on a computer screen will will net you roughly hundred pages on on this, which is good enough. And you add some pictures in there, you get like hundred ten pages or something like this. But it's a it's a good question, Jana. But you'll get you'll probably get over that. Then the question is, what do you take away? How do you say the same thing with less words? That's a very big big uh, big thing. It's in the world as in generally, but especially in this book as well. Is what is the time to value here? Is it really? fast because if you're talking too much and not getting to the point people are not going to recommend your book you know it's not going to spread people will not finish it i have a friend i won't i won't say the name but he wrote a book recently and uh some of when i was reading it i'm like this is really great but the first and second chapter are the same chapter so he didn't need to write two chapters like that just give me let's get let's go you know tell me the thing i want to learn but he wanted to have a really big introduction and where am I, where does I come from and and how is this thing practical and so on. And then the next chapter comes and it starts with the same thing. Like you had a prelude and the, the first chapter. And already then I'm like, I, you know, I would read it because I, he's a friend of mine, but I felt like you're, not, you're missing the, the point here. Give, give, me, give it to me fast so that I feel like whatever page I'm opening and even page one, I'm straight into, the, into what I need. Uh, for example, here, you can also look here. They have uh, the signing for long lat. I will read out of the book. This will be a reading moment. So it says like this: Chapter two, designing nonfiction for long-lasting recommend recommendability. Authors tend to view read recommendations as a bit of happy accident, but you don't hope for recommendations; you design for them. Consider the differences between two of my all-time favorite books: uh, Paul Hendrickson's Paul Hendrickson's wonderful biography of Ernest Hemingway and Stephen Pressfield's handbook, The Art of uh, the War of Art. Both books books wrestle artfully with the thorny questions of how to fit the challenge of creative life within the constraint of a real one. Each is masterful and authentic and both maintain the same excellent rating of 4.5 stars. Yet I found myself recommending the latter about 50 times more often than the other. See, this guy is just to the point. You see that there's not much fluff in there. He used some nice words in there, thorny or something like this, but it's it's like he's to the point. So it keeps it keeps you as a reader interested all the time. And in his case, he actually reviews the book many times with readers to get their feedback on it. You don't have to write a book like a like one manuscript. You just write the whole thing. It's actually for most people easier to write articles first. But teaching is a really good way also to structure your thoughts because if you can't teach it, you can't you don't really know the subject. So forcing yourself, putting yourself in a situation where you're teaching, forces you to get ready to talk about it and be ready to 
to do it. And that prepares you for writing a book. So for any of you here, I guess this for Werner as well. If you just have a top, I'm going to talk about this topic. I have one hour and I will talk about this. Now you have to like, what of all the stuff I have to like decide what am I talking about in this discussion? And from there, your way of getting good at explaining it to other increases. And that will put you on the path that, okay, I've already explained it in a, like a webinar. I've, I've done a couple about different topics of the, of the, the stuff that I know. Now it's just putting maybe most of it, like I don't have many notes. I have a little bit, but I don't have many notes now in this discussion. But most of the time when I do something, especially if it's really fresh for me, I'll, I'll write a lot of notes. Then I can use those notes. And after the call, I can think about what did I, what did I, could I have done better in this, in this webinar that I did? And what kind of questions did I get? Write them down in my notes. And suddenly you have like a manuscript for a, for a, for a chapter of your book. So that's another trick that you guys can use to get started is to start teaching. And then you say, well, I'm so young. I cannot teach so much, right? I have to be older. When did I start teaching? I was, I was 20 when I started teaching because I still know stuff. If you're out there experiencing the world, testing different things, and there's always you know, there's the supply and demand. There's some people that don't know what you know. So you can teach them. You don't, I'm not teaching things to people who are already, I don't, I don't teach these guys. They already write the book. I'm talking with you guys who didn't, haven't maybe written a book yet. So it's valuable for me to teach because there's somebody who needs who is interested in learning. Like you can have a half hour, an hour webinar about it. There are people who want to learn this. There are so many people that you, if you look when they wrote their first book, they were in, in their 20s. It's so common. And that propels them forward. I, they, I sometimes, you know, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm envious uh, as a person also. I see some 20-year-old wrote a book and they are on stage and I, I'm, I'm sitting in the audience. I'm like, like, why is he on stage? I could be on stage. But yeah, but yeah, who did you, did you write a book about Erasmus? Like, no, I didn't write a book about <laughs> it. And have you done a blog post? No blog post, no videos, no webinars. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay, he, okay, he wins. And I'm sitting there, I'm going to write the book on this. And it doesn't take too long. Like if you get, okay, when to find a time for writing, by the way. I, there's a couple of, there's a trick I use. I have this, um, my life cycle is such that I can work at night. That's my my strategy. Between nine, my kids and wife go to bed at nine. And then I have nine to 12 or nine to one around where I'm writing. Almost not every night. I mean, sometimes I'm very tired and, and I, I I can't, but let's say three days a week, I'll be writing. And that gives me four hours. Like that adds another 12 hours or so per week. If I do three days, just three days, like say Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm writing. Those hours, like they add up. They, they add up. You get way better over time. And now that's another thing that you can get by writing is you'll get to points where like, hey, I'm stuck. Like I don't feel like I have anything to give or I feel I'm missing something or something like this. And when that happens, that's good because now you have a chance to ask people for help. Because like, well, why am I not progressing? What's going on? Okay, I don't feel like I'm, I, feel, I don't feel confident about this topic. I, I feel I'm confused, or I don't know. You know that suddenly you have a chance to make your book, uh, your book progress. Is when you're not writing at all, you you have nothing. There, there's nothing to, you can't. Nothing's happening. But writing until you say stop, until it doesn't. You don't feel like the flow is coming. That's good. Great. Then you have you have conquered the first path, is to go through that flow, and then okay, and now I'm stuck, and then. I, for me, when I do that, I listen, re-listening to the book is really practical. Just put the read out loud on, on word, just listen to it. And then you get into it because you start listening and you don't have to, like, you know, you, that's a really good trick you can use when you don't feel like it, so to say. 
and that it's also hard when you start writing to exact, know exactly what your niche is. So I start with the manifesto, get some stuff out. Interacting with the audience is very important. So as I'm writing this book, Authentic Content Method, I'm coaching 11 companies, or now I'm maybe working 13 companies on how to do something similar. So I'm getting feedback right away about my own method. I'm working on doing, I'm doing it myself, and then we work with others. So as I'm writing the book, I'm getting, well, I'm starting to finish it, but I've been practicing this method with other people. So now I know that it kind of works it was well enough, at least. So practicing, teaching, interacting with the, the type of people who would read your book really helps. And it's an amazing feeling. I think I call it contributing to the world. Like if you write, just write a lot of content online is just filler. It's nothing real. It's just, hey, I'm here at the airport or uh, five things you think about. Like be happy, uh, work out, sleep well. Now, that's a lot of stuff online. A lot of it is like that. So when you're writing, you can contribute. You can be like, I'm not. That's why writers are still revered. If somebody says, I'm a you know blog, I write blogs. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But if someone says, yeah, I'm an author. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, because it is harder and it, you're contributing. You're, make, you're trying to make a dent. You're trying to make a big difference here when you're writing a book. So it feels good because you're realizing, you, that's happened to me at least. I'm realizing that whilst I'm write, writing, I'm like, I, now I feel what all the, all the other authors have gone through in their lives. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bit, you know, I, I, I understand now. And I feel a part of a whole of this uh, connection with the, like the continuation of knowledge of our, of our history. Like we have written and unwritten history. Written history is when we start to actually know what the hell's going on. Before that is a carbon dating we have to do and like, like dinosaur skeletons. When we have written history, that's when we are like real understanding of like Greek poems and stuff like that. We start to understand what their life was really like. So even though I'm writing business books, I am part of this continuous thread of, of human knowledge and part, uh, uh, contributing there. So it's kind of cool feeling. So yeah, so you don't have to structure that is in the beginning. Just get them out. That's, a, that's the first step. You can also get somebody like to, to, to check your stuff. I mean, that's also good. Have somebody like kind of positive that just gonna, you can show things to. I, I, yeah, I think go to a positive person first. Like the people who just say, oh, that's great. Like your, uh, like your mom or something. I think that's a good thing to have. So even if you're not like, you know, it's not that good, somebody just is happy. I think that helps. And then uh, when you build up the courage, you can get to somebody who you know. Like there are these different people. Some people will give you shit. Like they will always be negative. Almost no matter what you point, to, point out to them, they're going to be like, they, they will find some way to make it negative. And they have people who are kind of more happy. I use them in different circumstances. I know I have this person who's like, you know, if you're going to show this, they're going to like find problems. And I will tell them when I'm ready, hey, I've been doing this. Could you like look at all the ways that this is wrong, please? And they'd be like, yeah, I thought you'd never ask. Let me do it. So you can use them for that. So it's good to have those people as well. And then, of course, it helps to have somebody who has written a book. Now, I'm one of them, but, but have people who who done a good job that you could, like, you know, maybe ask once or twice some, some perspective or I'll check something for you. That's also a good thing to have. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Scale with Sales podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear your thoughts. So find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Rasmus Basilea and you'll find me there. I'll make it a point to respond to all messages I get. If startup sales and international expansion interests you more, you can find more insights and resources at euroscalers.com. Thank you again for listening.